0: Episode 8 He went over to Alfred's library and found Alfred and Martin cosily ensconced, already absorbed in their game. Alfred? Hmm? Fairly absent-minded, but it could be taken for a yes. Sorry to bother you, but could you recommend a book for me to read? Alfred's head swivelled round, so that his stern brown eyes with their metal frames locked Clive in their sights. What kind of a book? I don't really know. What do you recommend? All my material is on my laptop. What are you interested in? Well, do you have anything on the topic of social justice, race relations... Maybe a book on feminism or anti-colonialism? Not really, but I do have an interesting book on changing family structures. It explores the question of whether non-traditional family models have any effect on the mental health of children. Maybe that's something you might be interested in? Could be. I'll give it a try. Thank you. Could you also give me another one just in case? A few minutes later, Clive left the library with four or five books and wandered over to a comfy chair to read. By this time, some of the others were beginning to wonder what to do with themselves. Dorian's meditation took only 20 minutes, and as for the other two, there is only so much time one can spend on eating breakfast. Dorian, as Clive had just been thinking, was all sorted. He got up after meditating, looked around himself, and decided that today would be an excellent day for some painting. How about the chess game? That would be a great subject for painting. Two people locked in mental combat, surrounded on every side by books, symbolizing learning and intellectual prowess. Perfect. The two players agreed that he could paint them on the condition that he would not disturb them. They need not have worried. Once Dorian got absorbed in something, he could continue doing it almost indefinitely. Not for nothing was he the record holder for the longest time spent without going outside. The three of them spent all morning in the library. Dorian was in 7th Heaven and the two chess players were well matched, with Alfred having a slight edge over Martin, whether due to a superior intellect or to the psychological effect of Martin's inferiority complex around Alfred. Alfred won a tight two-hour game and offered Martin a rematch, which was completely even for well over an hour. They lost themselves in their world of mental calculations and only occasionally did one of them grope semi-consciously for his phone when the other took a long time over a move. Clive's morning was similar. He would not have imagined enjoying Alfred's taste in books but he had to admit that there were some quite interesting studies and ideas here. He kept at it for three hours likewise with the odd reach for his phone, then put the book down and rubbed his tired eyes. As will happen to most people after a stretch of being engrossed in difficult, closely argued or idea-rich reading material, his mind went blank, more tired even than his eyes. But at least he had made it through to lunchtime without being bored or really needing the internet. That left Chris and Bruce. They decided on a walk. Bruce's record attempt had been cruelly cut short just the morning after it began, so he thought he might as well get some air properly for the first time in a week. They were setting out when Clive told them. No walks allowed. So now what? Hey, Siri. They ran through their options much as Clive had done shortly before. They struck up a desultory conversation, but the allure of Chris's heroic stand that morning soon began to pall, and they found they did not have much to say to each other. They asked Clive what he was reading and whether it was interesting, and got a terse reply. The subtext was clear. Yes, it's interesting, so interesting, in fact, that I want to be left in peace to read it, so go away and leave me alone by. Dorian's bound to be up to something fun. Let's go and find him, Bruce said. But when they tracked him down to Alfred's library, he was in no mood to be disturbed. He looked at them briefly. Oh, hi, could you stand somewhere else, please? You're upsetting the balance. His subtext was less irritated and more absent-minded than Clive's, but its content was much the same. Bruce looked at his watch. 9.30. How on earth was he going to fill the day? Siri, a little help, please? He supposed he had better read something and got a novel from Alfred. Chris did likewise neither of them was a great reader but alfred knew his audience and gave them each one of his small number of thrillers the rest of their morning passed much as clive's did absorption with the faint drag of their useless phones pulling at their minds by midday the two chess players had been at it for three hours finally martin confessed to the indefatigable alfred that his head was beginning to hurt and he had had as much chess as he could take for a day. Alfred gave an indulgent smile, as if to say that, yes, he supposed three hours' solid chess was a bit much for a mere mortal, and that he quite understood. They stood up with creaky legs. Sorry, Dorian. Modelling session's over. We're done for the day. Martin said. Hmm? Oh, no problem. He kept painting. They moved round to see his work. He had sketched the two figures in outline and completed their faces. They were leaning forward as though poised to leap and were channeling their whole energy upon the board with an incredible intensity of focus and determination. That's actually amazing, Dorian. I didn't know you could paint so well. Martin was impressed, as was Alfred. Only when I'm in the right vibe, like now. Don't break it. Again, the subtext. They withdrew. I'll say one thing for him, Alfred said when they were out of earshot. He may be certifiable with all his energy and universe nonsense, But he certainly does know how to focus his creative powers and produce results when he sets his mind to it. Well, that's him out of the way for the rest of the day. Time for some lunch. The group, Dorian accepted, simply emptied the fridges of their perishables and dug in. On the suggestion of the ever-practical Alfred, they ate straight out of the food packets so as not to have to waste their precious water on washing up. Most of them considered this to be overkill, but they thought they might as well humour Alfred. The novelty value of the situation appealed to them. There was also a vague hint of unease. Alfred was not only not disposed to worry or craziness, he was actually the most level-headed member of the group, If he insisted on such measures, maybe there was something to them. They were willing to go along with him for the moment. Alfred and Martin, the only ones who shopped and cooked regularly, knew that their supplies were not going to hold up for long if they did not manage to replenish them soon. Sure, the full fridge looked reassuring, but by tomorrow it would be either empty or its contents would start to rot. They cursed their luck that the power had gone just hours before their food delivery was scheduled. Or rather they would have done had Alfred believed in such a thing as luck and Martin had not held such a procedure to be superstitious. Food deliveries were clearly out for the near future. Luckily, well maybe there was such a thing as luck after all. One of their group ran a corner shop and he was sitting right there. The only other one who was aware of the state of the supplies of the two flats was the shopkeeper himself, who was used to assessing inventory and noticing what was lacking. His thoughts ran along similar lines. The other two just ate, with the relish of men eating their last cold, as in fridge cold, food for a while. The three inventoriers joined them. Worrying would not help them. Should we not get Dorian? He hasn't eaten anything all day. Martin asked. Nah, he'll just swat you aside, Bruce said. Yes. I think Dorian is not going to eat all day, Alfred said. What about the last cold meal? Martin asked. The price one pays for being artistic. Bruce reached for a packet of ham with each hand and started demolishing them methodically, slice by slice, without any bread. Clive looked at him revolted. Oh, I can't bear to look. Would you eat another human being, Bruce? Ugh! way to spoil my appetite, Clive. Well, if you wouldn't, then you shouldn't be eating animals either. To kill someone who feels pain, who wants to live, and then to eat them. To even think about it makes me want to throw up. Then don't think about it. Remember the rule? No politics, no religion. How is this politics or religion? It's a basic respect for life. Would you call eating humans a matter of politics or religion? That's not the same, Clive. Only a fraction of Bruce's attention was on Clive. The rest of it was on the feast before him. Just stop, will you? You're spoiling my banquet. Clive gave a snort of disgust and left. He knew when he was outnumbered. Alfred looked aloof, Bruce amused, and the faces of Chris and Martin went through various shades of disbelief. Where was Dorian when he needed him for once? Lunch over, they sat back contentedly, digesting what might be their last really good meal for some time. Not that they were in any danger of going hungry any time soon, but there would be no cooking or refrigeration for a few days. Some minutes passed, an agreeable and digestive silence. Then the afternoon and evening began to stretch in front of them. Any ideas, Siri? And stretch. Siri, I need you. Don't let me down. And stretch. Siri, this isn't cool anymore. Clive had had enough heavy reading material. Chess was not something that Alfred and Martin could keep up all day, or that interested any of the others, and Chris and Bruce did not want to spend the whole day reading, though they supposed they could. I've got an idea, Martin said. Let's play Monopoly. That should keep us going for a while. So Monopoly it was, and then a second game, and then cards, It was all right, they supposed. They had not done anything like this for a while and it did have a certain appeal. There was plenty of banter. Dorian was not there to be ribbed, so Bruce found himself in the role of the butt of the jokes. Alfred predictably made shrewd decisions and was squeezing them for money in no time. But to their surprise, it was Chris who won the first game before narrowly losing out to Alfred in the second. The shopkeeper, Bruce said. The old instinct for buying and selling and profit. I tell you all, it's in his blood. Don't mess with Chris's shop. But it began to lose its appeal, and they reached more and more for their phones. At first, they reached physically, semi-consciously, before the moment of realisation made the reaching hand Flop down dejectedly. But as the afternoon wore on, the habit of reaching was lessened bit by bit until most of the time they were able to stop themselves at the first involuntary twitch of the fingers. Only for this to be replaced by another, even more intense reaching, their minds yearned for their phones Clive wanted to check on the progress of the video of Bruce's eating prowess and of the hashtag, hashtag Bruce the Beast. He was proud of that hashtag. Finally, he had authored a hashtag that was trending on Twitter. And now this had to happen. Then there were his other social media accounts. He usually checked them every half hour and posted, tweeted, commented or messaged just as often. felt cut off from his thousands of friends and followers. Similar thoughts were running through Chris's mind, though the social media he used differed from Clive's. As of a few years ago, he favoured Parler and Mebe to Twitter and Facebook. Though his friend and follower count was not at Clive's level, it was getting there. Bruce missed his WWE videos, his Sunday treat, not to mention that there was a big MMA fight that evening that he would now miss out on. Sunday was also the day for checking Premier League scores, though he was sure his team Arsenal would be continuing to disappoint. Alfred would have liked to have been scrolling through his Facebook feed, which would be packed with interesting articles on a whole range of political, societal and cultural topics from the pages he followed. Martin used social media less than any of them, but enjoyed the rush of checking his phone and seeing that he had new messages as much as anyone. He tended to check much more often than necessary, just to see the little notification alert. He too liked to scroll through Facebook. Not cool enough for Snapchat or Insta, Clive would say taking in friends' posts, ads, articles and funny videos indiscriminately. He knew he should try to cut back on it, but had not managed to find the willpower to do so. Maybe this power cut was a blessing in disguise. It was not easy though.